Well, welcome back to the Way I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon to be demon. How are you doing today, sir? I'm well, man. Good. I'm, I'm really good. Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> it is. It is. <sighs> I try to get things back from you. I'm sorry. More than... Eh. It's good. Yeah. You mean elaborate it like... No. My lunch or... No, never mind. Okay. What I did earlier today or... Well, I know what you did earlier today. Okay. So slower this time. Okay. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast. So please do that for to help us more. And because more people will watch if that. (laughs) I was going to leave that in. (laughs) I was trying to do it terrible. X and locals is when I heard this. Um, we don't care about those as much, but if you are on those, you can be there. Please subscribe to our YouTube and or Rumble channels because that helps us grow. And you-, you can watch the episodes there in their entirety there. Are you reading off of a cue card or what's <laughs> happening right now? What are the other things? Oh, yeah. And also, if you tell people about the show, they can watch it, too. Joseph, today we're talking about envy. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. uh, all right. So, all right. So, everyone can understand. We, we wanted Nate <laughs> to slow it down, encourage people to subscribe. <laughs> we got that. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. I did it. You, you, you did. I talked quickly. Uh, you okay? You talked slower. I you no. Mean? I mean, I talk quickly normally. You, yes. So yes. you slowed it down. Yeah, I did. But the emphasis was on the subscribing, right? The em- like the emphasis is on the subscribing. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was some kind of enthusiasm, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't have enthusiasm. Okay. People who watch the show know I don't have any enthusiasm yeah. about anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Which is not a not for good podcast make. <laughs> But here we are. <laughs> <laughs> this episode's a train wreck already. <laughs> okay, today we're talking about envy. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right. All right, so what's envy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. All right. So <laughs> getting serious about envy. What is envy? It's I want to make a distinction as we're starting out with there's a difference between jealousy and envy. Okay. Okay. And and this is how I'm going to make that distinction. Is that jealousy is wanting what someone else has. Okay? Okay. Like I want what they have as well. All right? Okay. Envy on the other hand is that not only do I want what they have, I do not want them to have it. Okay. So, for example, like for you to say, "Hey, I want their car okay but what you're really saying is no i want that car where they would no longer have it anymore oh okay so not like hey i want to go buy my own version of that vehicle right because i saw that you have it and i think it's cool right it's i want to kill you and steal your car (laughs) i mean there is yeah i mean like 
kill may sound strong, but there's actually like uh, envy is rooted in hate. Okay. Because it's like it's birthed out of hate because it's like a desire to possess what another person actually owns. Okay. Yeah. And so like to take what they have for yourself. All right. What does the Bible say about envy? Like most of the de- seven deadly sins we've been talking about, Proverbs, again, says a lot about mm-hmm. envy. Um, and, and they're and they're fairly basic, like do not envy. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. That's because the guy that wrote Proverbs had a whole house made out of gold or something, right? Uh, I like, mean, yeah, his... Don't want my stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his... His palace was so incredible. People, and we're referring to King Solomon. Yeah. People would actually come just to see it. Like it was mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and, and so, so, but I'm going to actually go to the New Testament for this one um, instead of reading from Proverbs like we normally do. In James chapter three, beginning in verse 14, it says, But if you have bitter envy, and selfish ambition in your heart. Don't boast and deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder in every evil practice. And so here, envy is connected again to that idea of bitterness. Okay. Um, and selfishness, selfish ambition that's there in the heart. And that, and James here says that this this form this this envy is actually earthly, unspiritual, even demonic, and it causes disorder and it opens the door for every evil practice. So that's a lot of evil. That's a lot of evil. Um, and so James is is pretty straightforward with how. Um, unhealthy, if you want to put it in a, in a light way, uh, envy is, um, and how wrong it is. Jesus, using an example from Jesus in Matthew twenty-seven eighteen, Jesus actually says that he has been arrested and has been placed on trial due to the envy of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, um, and that have actually basically quote unquote set him up to be tried so they the pharisees mm-hmm. and the religious leaders wish they were god no cuz they would never have said jesus was god so what were they envious of the attention that he was receiving oh. and the following that he was receiving okay and that the crowds seemed to favor jesus mm. and so what they were wanting and this is kind of where envy plays itself out right like we, they not only wanted the attention Jesus was receiving, they no longer wanted him to have it. Mm-hmm. And for that to be the case, let's kill him. Because Jesus was getting all the good brand deals and stuff. Um, he was really popular. How about that? And but I mean, and we say that. I mean, in in the religious sense, right? Among religious people, he was beginning to get a following and traction. And you know, like when he comes into Jerusalem and and they're they're declaring that this is, you know, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna mm. in the highest, and and making declarations of who Jesus is um, right before he ends up being uh, placed on trial and eventually crucified. And But the religious leaders before that even had gathered together, and they had planned together, how are we going to kill him? Okay. Because they knew they couldn't. There wasn't, they had tried to discredit him. They had tried to outsmart him. They had tried to show that he was a fake or a con, and none of those things were working. So they knew that the only option they had left was to kill him. And so that's what they did. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's actually pretty similar, too, to another story of Joseph. You remember Joseph and his brothers yes. in, in Genesis 37 and following? So in Genesis 37... They were mad that he got a robe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so they killed him. Or they tried. Yeah, or they tried. They Well, if it had not been for... He had, like, 10 of the brothers were... Excuse me. Nine of the brothers were all about, let's just kill a guy. Right. And the shortest one. And there was... Or the ugliest one. Well... Or something about the one. 
there was one there was one of his brothers that basically was like, guys, we can't do this. Yeah. We can't we can't kill Joseph. And so what they did was they threw him down into a pit and then they ended up selling him off into slavery. Right. But they went back home to their father with the with the with the robe that he had received from his father all torn up and told him that he had been attacked and the wild beast had, you know, destroyed and basically devoured Joseph. And so they presented their father as if Joseph had died. And then he became a king. And Joseph ended up becoming the right hand man of Pharaoh. Right. Yeah. And so and and what was driving the the envy of Joseph's brothers was they were envious of the favoritism that Joseph was receiving. Okay. Number one. And then two, Joseph had been going around telling them there's in these dreams that they eventually one day would bow down to him. Right. And those two things together just infuriated the he brothers. He had two dreams, right? One was mm-hmm. with stars. Correct. And the other one was with wheat. Yeah. So the star right. yeah, the stars also included the sun and the moon, referring to his father and his mother. Right. Yeah, and that they would all eventually at some point bow down to him. Astrology. Astrology, right. So so yeah, so you see examples of envy throughout scripture. Even when that word is not explicitly used, it's pretty redundant at this point. Why is envy a sin? <laughs> Why do you see, say it seems redundant at this point? <laughs> because you keep saying the same answer <laughs> every week. Yeah, I know. But luckily, this is the last one. This is. Yeah. So it's the last time you have to hear me say the answer until we just talk about some other sin that exists. Right. So just because I want you to feel like you're right on this one that I say the same right. thing every time. Yeah. I'll say it. Okay. For, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. I feel like we've read this one before. Yeah, we have. And in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, it it's, it, it's this 1 Corinthians 13 is used oftentimes in weddings. Right. And and it, and because it's describing what love is. And in verse 4 it says love does not envy. So love does not envy. So in other words, if I am loving others well, I will not envy them. Well, that makes this one different then. Okay. What makes it different? Because it's saying that that if you love someone, mm-hmm. you autom- like automatically won't do envy. Mm-hmm. Not that I love you, but I also other things okay as well okay but like it's impossible to envy if you love somebody yeah sure you wouldn't want them yes if and that's what kind of the whole point is in all of these is like we if we're loving well we won't covet right if we're loving and so in this one this example if we're loving we will not envy right yeah so it's pretty i mean pretty straightforward but again it goes back to that idea of love and so in the sense of if we're loving god and we're loving others we will not like if you if you were doing those things if we were loving God and loving others like if we were doing that all the time mm. we wouldn't sin right we wouldn't sin at all and so in this case if there's love there there would not be envy but it seems like envy is like the opposite of love well in some ways like because, directly the opposite of of actual love instead of I am just if I do this to you I'm not loving sure but no like you couldn't have loved me ever. If you not ever, but like yeah, but in, in that moment at least, yeah, yeah, sure. No, there's no, there's no way yeah. you could love me and take from me, right? Yeah. Okay, so when is envy a sin? Is it when I actually kill you for your stuff, or okay. does it happen before that? <laughs> okay, no, it's in the heart. Okay, yeah. So, so it's... if I wish you were dead, so that I could have your stuff. Right. That's enough of an envy. Sure. Okay. Yeah, for it to be a sin. Yes. Okay. Yeah. If there's that if there's that desire in you that you want what they have and you do not want them to have it, that's okay. en- that's envy. Does it have to be a murder? Do I have to want you dead? No. Okay. No. But I would think but I would say this, I think there's like a spirit of murder behind that. 
Right, because if I'm taking your stuff, then it's harder for you to be alive. Yeah, or maybe. Or, yeah, or or it's just that that idea of there's there's so much. I mean, I would think again. That's why I said it was rooted in hate. Mm-hmm. Like there's there there would have to be so much hate in you, and that's why you're talking about the, being an opposite of love in a lot of ways, right? Right. Because envy is rooted in hate. So there's no way that in that moment, if you're taking what I have, right, that that you would love me in any way. Right. shape or form and so that idea of hate and that idea of um of envy is really again that's kind of like the spirit of murder is in that uh the church loves to talk about envy <laughs> okay because the pastor gets to stand up there and be like uh-huh. no one should want to kill me and take my stuff i get all the stuff <laughs> the pastor says i'm that. the pastor okay yeah that's more of the the Prosperity gospel. Prosperity go- gospel churches, but yes, I was going to say. But you so, know, that's all the rich pastors that's walking mainstream around. Mainstream Christianity, right there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they talk about it all the time. Okay. So, why do they talk about this one all the time versus some of the other ones, which they never bring up, like sloth? Okay. <laughs> all right. So you're you're saying why do why do churches in general just not bring it up? Or why is it that only the mega churches with their celebrity pastors talk about this? I'm saying I feel like they talk about this one a lot. Okay. Yeah. Just, I've heard this just, one a lot. All right. Just in church in general. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And I don't think you're wrong on that. Okay. I mean, I've, I've taught in conferences and seminars on the very topic of envy before. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I do think it comes up. I do think it's one that all of us can identify with mm-hmm. that we have wanted what someone else has on a base level of just in jealousy sense, mm-hmm. like, Oh, I want what they have now to actually. And I think probably a lot of us have experienced the feeling of, I don't, they don't deserve that. I should right. have that. Right. Like I have worked hard for that. They don't deserve it. Or I have been living a quote-unquote righteous life, therefore, I should deserve the blessing that I think that they're receiving. And therefore, it's a very much an easy an easy one for most people to identify with. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I think it's an easy one for us to talk about and teach on because, yeah, most people are there. Like, they, they've been there. You just brought up a thing, but, like, spiritual envy... Like okay. me being envious of what God did for someone else. Right. That's a thing that gets talked about in the church a lot too. Yeah. So yeah. what is that? Why? Why yeah. why are we like that? Yeah. Man, <laughs> I feel like this could be a whole topic itself. Um I think it's because we're like all right, let me kind of read a passage. Yeah. Let me read a passage real quick. Um to be kind of a jumping off point. And so I'm going to read out of first Corinthians 12. Um, and in first Corinthians 12, what it's talking about is the fact that in the body of Christ, we all have different giftings. Mm-hmm. We all have different roles, different functions. And it talks about the fact that he is, God is the one who gives all of these. Mm-hmm. He gives us gifts. He gives us blessings. He is the one um, that is, uh, you know, like like James says, every good and perfect gift comes from above. It comes from God. But he has established the body of Christ in such a way where there's different people in the body of Christ who have different gifts, different passions, different callings, and Nat, different natural talents. And so within that body, everyone should be celebrated. Okay. okay. Everyone should be celebrated. So for example, in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26, it says, so if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And I think that's kind of the disconnect we have is if one member seems to be honored or blessed, I don't think there's this quick enough response to rejoice with them. We should all take it as a blessing as a as a church. Right. Yeah, we should celebrate as it. As the, the bride of Christ. Yeah. We should all be happy because we are one. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, okay. and we should celebrate the fact that one of our brothers or our sisters has been blessed in some way instead of going, oh, man, that should have been me or I wish it would have been me and not them. And that's that's right. envy in its core. Right. And so instead of looking at it going that God has gifted me in this way, mm-hmm. I don't have to be jealous or envious of the way God has blessed or called or gifted someone else. And I just don't think we do a really good job with that in the church. Okay. I think it's really easy for us to look around and go, well, man, they don't deserve that or they didn't deserve it. And like, and I was like, reality is like, do any of us really deserve anything we get? No. No. (laughs) And that's really the point of it, right? Is, hey, God has blessed every individual differently and gifted them differently. And I do think sometimes in the church too, there can be like this elevated statuses of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like these people are the really important ones. Well, these people aren't as important. Because God loves them more. Yeah, God loves them more or God has gifted them in greater ways mm-hmm. or whatever it may be. And I think we should do a better job of kind of coming against that, of like fighting against that, of going, no, God values and loves all of us equally. We don't have to be envious of one another. How has he gifted you? How has he called you? And like, and rejoice in that. And, and I think a lot of, kind of like the, to me, I know we talk about envy and love being opposites of one another. And, and that's true in, in to a degree, but I think there's also a, like a lack of contentness. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm, if I'm content in who I am and who I'm gifted to be in whom God has gifted me and wired me to be in my identity in Christ, if I'm content in that, content in what I have, then I can gladly rejoice when someone else is blessed. Right. And I just think we don't have maybe a lot of content Christians. So envy can have like good side effects. Okay. Like if I see someone with lots of, stuff I want. Okay. I could look at them and realize that if I work very hard, mm-hmm. I could have those things also. Okay. But you kind of said earlier that that's not envy. R- right. That's jealousy. Yeah, or I don't know. Like I think it's I think if I look at someone and I see what they have mm-hmm. and it inspires me to the to go there to go then and work towards something. Mm-hmm. I want this envy or jealousy. Okay. I think that's just I'm seeing what they have and that's inspiring me to work harder or inspiring me to go back to school or inspiring me to learn a new trade or a new craft or a new skill. Like I think those are like that's like I'm being inspired to do that by watching and observing someone else. So I don't know, I don't know if that's necessarily jealousy or envy. What is it? Is it a sin? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, like, I don't think it's a sin to sit back and go, man, that's incredible what they have or incredible what they've done. I want to I do that. Like, okay, so for example, I, <laughs> like, I, like um, being, being really structured and organized is not one of my, it's not one of my natural bits. Yeah, I know. Uh, Ah, uh, no, you know, it's just not. And and so I'm not naturally structured, not naturally organized. I I tend to just, I don't want to say, I don't fly by the seat of my pants. I have a very, what I would call a loose schedule that I work mm-hmm. with. But there's another pastor in town, and he's very structured with his days. And it's one of the things that is actually like, I'm, I'm inspired by it, as I've watched it from kind of afar. And so I actually met with him earlier this week and I said, how do you structure your week? How do you go about doing that? What does it look like for you? So he kind of walked me through each day of his week. Mm-hmm. And, and so what I'm doing is taking some of those things. And then you stabbed him and took his calendar. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> um, but and This so, is my schedule now. <laughs> But so, but I took that. Honey, I'm home. Roger? (laughs) 
No. <laughs> I'm Joe. <laughs> so, so, um, but I <laughs> so so but I've taken like I've been inspired by it and I I see how well it has worked for him over the long haul. And I'm going, okay, I need to do that. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm I am building in a more structured schedule in my life, not because I was envious of him, but because I was inspired by it and, and I saw the what I would say is like a sense of peace in his days mm-hmm. because of the way of how structured he is. So. Okay, so what's what's the di- like is there a difference between wanting actual stuff versus things I can't have when it comes to envy? Like what do you mean? Like I can't have I can't have your confidence. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could want to be more confident myself, but I can't have your confidence. Okay. I could have your car. (laughs) I could kill you and take your car. (laughs) You could. But I can't kill you and take your confidence. Sure. So, is there a difference? Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying in that. Um, Like, like if I want your confidence, does that just mean I want to kill you? (laughs) Am I just, am I envious or do I just want to murder someone? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I see what you're saying. Okay, so using confidence as mm-hmm. an example, I think if I'm looking at someone and I'm and I'm admiring their confidence, mm-hmm. but maybe it's more than just admiring their confidence. Maybe there is a a jealousy factor in that. Of I really wish I had that too, because I could only be jealous of it. I couldn't be envious of it because well, I couldn't take it from you unless I kill you. Right, or which isn't me getting it, or you, or. That or you could be envious in the sense of, man, I hope they fall flat on their face at some point. And so, you know, like you're almost like you're wishing something bad would happen to them. So their confidence level would be taken. Oh, like I hope something pushes their confidence down a little. Correct. Yeah. Like they have a failure at work or. Right. You know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so I think that that's where you could be envious of something like that. I like this one. It has a it has a pretty clear defined line. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, it, it does. That's that's very true. It's not as thank God. It's not as nebulous. No, as some of the others. Right. Lust had a pretty good line. Mm-hmm. So I think sloth was probably the no, most. No, it didn't. Sl- I think sloth was the most difficult one. Yes. Yeah. Because everyone's line is different, right. and then even it's hard to figure it out. Then <laughs> agreed. Okay, so are they are there things? And don't ask me for examples <laughs> that I that I am allowed to be envious of. No, no, no. You don't want to be envious of things. Okay. You would. I mean, I think it's completely cool to like look at someone's life and go, "Man, that's amazing." I celebrate that in them. Okay. And but it, it inspires me to do something as well. Because be, be, okay, right. So I don't think, so in other words, I don't know if I'd use the word envy. And maybe we use that word maybe a little too flippantly. Okay. Just in our language. Um, like, oh, I'm envious of them. But are you really envious of them? Or are you just really like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I, I, I need to be more like that. That's what I'm saying. That's like more inspired by someone. Okay. Than being envious of somebody. If I'm, okay. So if I'm envious, there's nothing I should be envious of because envy is more about the, I want you to have less or be less Mm -hmm. or not exist anymore. Right. Than it is about the thing that I want. Right. So that I can have right. X, Y, or Z. Right. Yeah. So many steps (laughs) to envy. Oh, there's a lot of steps. I have to know you. Then I have to know what you got. Okay. And then I have to not like you. All right. And then I have to want your stuff. Right. And then I have to want you to not have the stuff. And then I want you to get hurt while your stuff gets taken. <laughs> and then I get the stuff. And then I get the stuff. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's a lot of, man. But it's very logical yeah, movement it, through. It is a pretty logical movement. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we separate, out, separate them out in steps, but they're generally happening in our mind or our heart in a second. (laughs) 
Right. Yeah. You've just broken them down in these yeah. nice, tidy little steps. With everyone that you pass on the sidewalk. <laughs> envy. Envy. Yeah, yeah, envy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So don't be envious. I don't. Yeah. Don't be envious of anything or anyone. Okay, so if I live my entire life wanting to kill people for their stuff, how is that going to affect my life? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Do you have to ask the question? <laughs> if I, this, this, how does this affect me? This seven deadly sin had two clearly defined lines for me to not know the answers to the rest of these questions already. <laughs> Okay. I'm glad we saved this one for last because last... this was easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let, let me let me once again go back to James um, chapter three. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let me read James three, and I'll we'll we'll see what it says in regards to how it's affecting my life. In verse sixteen, it says, "For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there is disorder." in every evil practice. And so in other words, in where there is envy, how it affects my life is that it opens up this this massive um doorway, if you want to put it that put it that way, it's massive doorway to just living in a state almost of sin. Because if I'm if I am actively consciously wanting what someone else has for them to no longer have it like i'm fully envious of this thing right then that thing begins to consume me and i'm and i'm thinking on it i'm i'm wishing it was the case that they didn't have it and i did that's what satan did when he got kicked out of heaven was he envied right yeah basically yeah, there's pride and pride and envy yeah Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Why it would bring in every other sin. Yeah. Because, again, you're just... Because he hated God and wanted Correct. God not to exist. and for So him... that he could be God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And so it just... That was the original sin. That... <laughs> yeah. Pride pride and envy were hand in hand on that one. Yeah. Right? And, and so it's the same thing. Like, when we talk about envy, I think in envy, because it opens up all of that, I think it creates like strife and contentiousness with people. Okay. And I think it right. creates I think it creates drama, like, you know, like around people. Um like if you're like been around those people and it's just like drama, 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 drama. Like mm -hmm. there's always some kind of drama going on. Usually in that there's envy. Right. I'm wanting this. Can't believe they have that. I deserve this. They definitely don't deserve that. You know? Um, and so, you know, and that can be anything from, from things to, to jobs, to relationships, to, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and, and so I think that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Envy to me just opens up a whole can of worms there. Because it seems like if you were envious, you'd be willing to commit any sin to accomplish your envy. Sure, if, if that eventually became your end goal. Yeah. Right. In other words, in other words, you may, especially if you're not a believer, like, whatever means to this end. Right. Yeah. Then and I'll do any, Anything goes. Right. And like, and you see this in the workplace where, where, where you have employee, employees like sabotage each other. Right. Because they don't want that person to get the promotion or mm -hmm. they want them to lose the promotion or they lose. They want them to lose favor in the side of their boss. Right. You see this happening all the time in, in workplaces. Well, I hope not all the time, but it's <laughs> it is it is it's there. You know, it exists. And let me hit Philippians four real quick as well. OK. OK. So in Philippians four, verse 11, it says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself, I know how to make to do with a little, and I know how to make to do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I'm able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And, and I believe, and I, and I know I hit on it earlier about the idea of being content. 
But I really believe that's something that as, as a Christian, as a believer, that like we need to actually ask ourselves. Like, if there's if there's envy going on, then maybe the first question should be instead of like, why is there envy? The, maybe the first question is, why am I not content? I don't feel like anybody is content. I wonder what it would like. What would it look like for someone to be content? What would that look like? I don't know. Let me ask you the same question. Okay. Pastor. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> yeah. So if someone is content, mm-hmm. then there's not a sense of I am in, I need more than what I have. Right. Because I'm content. Now, it may be true that I that I I can say, hey, I need to look for a better job. I need to get more pay to help cover things, right? Mm-hmm. But yet, Lord, I'll be content until those things happen, right? Um, and so, and I think of contentness. I think of like peace. I think of just I'm at peace with job with family with kids and i think this kind of you know kind of clashes or go against that idea of the pastor's greener on the other side you know right like because we're always i think we're not content we always think that that something else will be better and will actually bring us contentness and i think what paul's saying here is whether i have more than i need or whether i actually don't even have enough Contentness isn't defined by what I have or don't have. Right. Contentness is defined by who I am in Christ, mm-hmm. that I know him and that I'm saved. And I think for people that are searching for contentness, that's actually where it's found. I'm a millennial, and I don't think any of us are ever content with anything. None of us. None. Okay. Why did you make that statement about your gener? Like, why your generation? I don't know. It just seems like we're different. Yeah. Or and grew up in a time where, and I, I think we were promised a bunch of stuff that we know isn't going to (laughs) happen, and we're pissed off. And I think the generation below us are like, yeah, everything's screwed up. We're fine. (laughs) That's what it seems like. Yeah, then you've got me and the Gen Xers over here just, you know, grunging away. But yeah, yeah I, I think that, but I, I think that some of that too is stages of life. Okay. So in other words, I think that in your 20s and 30s, you're building towards something, right? So you have to kind of have a, have a thought of, I need to not be content right now. No, I think you can be content and still build. Okay. And I think maybe that's the disconnect because I think it, when you're in your 20s and your 30s. That's hard to do. Yeah, when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're trying to establish, mm-hmm. you know, livelihood, you know, with career, you know, jobs. You're trying to establish family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of these things that you're building in your 20s and 30s. and And so because of that, I think it's easy to go, if I can just get to this, if I can just get to that, mm-hmm. then I'll be content. And I think what you what you end up finding in your 20s and 30s is you're going through that, you, you get to those points, those markers, those pay increases, those promotions, those new jobs, the new opportunities, the family, the kids, whatever it may be, and you go, I'm still not content. And I think a lot of that is because we're trying to get contentness from outside of ourselves. But I do think it's also, again, a, a serious part of the just season of life you're in, the stage of life you're in. I think, you know, for Gen Xers, when we're 40s and 50s, I think it's, I'm not saying everything's great. <laughs> like, I'm not saying that at all because. Doesn't look like it. Because, you know, as for Gen Xers, you've got, you know, you've got kids that are hitting certain points, you know, their they're teenage years. You've got elderly parents now like so you've got different challenges maybe but i'm not worried about establishing career right i'm not worried about building or establishing family you know yes i'm having to deal with the fact that i have family and that i have career and that kind of things 
but I'm not trying to find my place in it, if that makes mm. sense. Um, and, you know. That's annoying. To try to find your place. Yeah. 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 It is. And I think you ask yourself all the time, am I doing the right thing? Am I yeah. at the right place? Mm-hmm. Would it be better if I was doing this instead? And the whole time you want to kill everyone and take their stuff. <laughs> Just envy everywhere. <laughs> And so I brought it back to the original topic. Yeah, thank you. And uh <laughs> but and so I think that but that's what you're well, I think that's what I'm saying too is if we go through those seasons of life and we're going, okay, but Lord, teach me to be content in the building. Teach mm. me to be content as I'm trying to establish career. Teach me to be content as we're building family. And again, I'm not saying there's not gonna be um movement and at times perceived like chaos around it. But Lord, but can I be content in my heart because it's not based on exterior things, but based on the fact that I know you and can that be my content, you know, my, my place where I am content. How would I go about stopping being envious and wanting to kill everyone and take their stuff? <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I'm hoping you're not wanting to kill everyone and take everybody's stuff. Number one. <laughs> Number two, um, how do I stop being an envious person? Because mm-hmm. everyone's got stuff. Yeah. Everyone has stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone has things. And whether and we, everyone's super murderable. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, all right. Putting super murderable aside, if you can do that, um, how do I stop being an envious person? So if I'm if I'm envious, if I'm wanting something from and, it, and it's and it's not just abstract, like it's towards somebody. Okay, okay, and it's a thing that I want. Right. Okay. And and the thing being their status, their reputation, their job, their car, their money whatever but it doesn't have to just be money or cars or tangible mm-hmm. things it could be their reputation or their status that kind of thing if if that's if that's driving me toward like if i in other words if if i've got that much envy toward that one person for for me as a as a pastor i'm actually asking another question and it's going to seem like i'm coming out of left field on this one okay all right i'm ready my question is, where is the root of unforgiveness that is behind that envy? When we have unforgiveness in our lives, mm-hmm. it means that there is already built in us a sense of hate. Okay? Okay. And in, right. and in that place... Is that the only place hate comes from? Is unforgiveness? Yeah. When... Or, or bitterness. Okay. Yeah. And and so if, if there's bitterness, if there's unforgiveness there, right, then there's going to be hate okay. that follows. Okay. Right? And so in other, and unforgiveness comes because of a perceived wrong, right? I perceived someone has done something wrong to me. And, okay. and it doesn't always, and it's not just perceived as in it's not true. Sometimes it's very true. Mm-hmm. Someone has done something to me, and it, it has been an injustice and a harm. So now take their stuff to make up for it. So, yeah. Okay. In other words, or to make myself feel better, or, and again, it gets back to that point of they don't deserve it, right? Because they did something to me? Yeah. Or, and this is kind of where unforgiveness is tricky, and envy being related to it is tricky. I can be envious toward somebody, Okay. And it doesn't mean my unforgiveness is necessarily toward them. Okay. It just means that I have unforgiveness in me towards somebody. It could be somebody else that has created that place of where I'm pretty easily offended, mm-hmm. pretty easily prone to become envious or jealous of somebody, pretty easy to step into contentiousness and strife, that all bitterness, that, that all exists there. And so, and what I'm saying is, when you, because you're asking, how do I stop being an envious person? What I'm saying is, we got to go back down to the root of that. And okay. the root of it is unforgiveness. That envy is merely a, 
if you want to put it this way, like a branch on that tree. Okay. And I want to kill kill the root, which mm-hmm. is unforgiveness. And so if I want to stop being an envious person in general, like I'm finding, like, for example, if I'm finding that's a pattern in my life. Right. Not just like a one-off thing, but a pattern in my life. I'm envious of somebody then I need to go, who do I need to forgive? Because for for somehow, some way, I'm harboring hate in me, which is then manifesting itself as envy towards somebody else. Okay? So it could be towards the person that you need to forgive, but it also could be towards anybody else. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I know... And so you're... you're All right. So you you hate, so I hate. Mm-hmm. So now I'm a, I hate people. Okay. Or hate I have hatred. Okay. And that can get directed at anyone. Correct. In the form of envy or uh-huh. in the form of anything else. Yeah, of strife and contentiousness. And, okay. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Yeah, and so and that's what I'm saying if you're an envious person like that envy's a pattern in you. Mm-hmm. You got to get down to the root of that. Okay. Like where where is that unforgiveness in you that needs to be dealt with? There's a there's a uh, a book by a guy named John Bevere, okay, and it's called The Bait of Satan, okay. And in the book Bait of Satan, he specifically deals with unforgiveness, and and it's a brilliant book. So if you can read it, you can. But he deals with the fact of how unforgiveness is a, just a it's a trap for us it's an easy trap that leads us into things like envy okay. and because we feel justified in our unforgiveness many times we feel justified in our hate we feel justified that because something has we perceive something has gone wrong and that's that's unjust aren't we justified in our unforgiveness for a bit though I think we're, I think we are, I won't say use the word justified. I think that there is without question going to be the emotion of anger Mm -hmm. or even grief because of unforgiveness, because of an an unjust act Mm -hmm. that's been done toward us or someone else that we become, that we have unforgiveness for. Um, because the unjust doesn't always have to happen to us. It could happen to someone we care about. Right. And so, sure, that anger is going to be there. Mm. That emotion is going to be there. But we can't allow it to stay and to remain undealt with. Okay. Yeah. And so, it's in other words, because the Lord's pretty clear about forgiveness. You know, in Matthew 6, he says, if if you don't forgive, if you don't forgive others, Jesus, Jesus is saying this in Matthew 6. If you don't forgive others, neither will the Lord, neither will the, your Father in heaven forgive you. Oh. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a small thing. We need to talk about all these absolute verses. Okay. I want to do an episode about that. Okay. Because, okay. because that's pretty straightforward. Is there any wiggle room on that verse? I mean, it's in the Bible. No, God straight. said it. So. So it is. So. If I die, that's the whole thing, is if okay. I die while I'm right, mad, does that mean I'm not forgiven straight to hell? Is that what that means? We'll talk about it in the episode. Okay. Because I don't know that, and there's all those verses like that. Mm-hmm. Like the cut out your eye one. <laughs> Where it's yeah. like, you know, pretty straightforward when you just read the text. But Right. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody ever talks about it. Yeah. But everyone... Everyone will bring it up on the internet and be like, hey, Christians, how come you guys aren't poking all your eyeballs out? Right. Yeah. So we need to talk about that. Cool. We'll have an episode on it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so in, in, in final point about dealing with the root of unforgiveness mm-hmm. is that that's the, the, the greatest thing is that we can say, Holy Spirit, where is, where is this unforgiveness rooted in? Okay. You know, so if I'm dealing with this envy constantly, it's a pattern in my life. Lord, where's the unforgiveness? Holy Spirit, show me where that came in and show me who I need to forgive. So it can be someone else. It can be yourself. 
Um, and sometimes we're blaming God for things mm. and it comes out, you know, like we're blaming God. I, this is how, you know, you, you blame God because you haven't been able to have kids. But now someone else over here is having children, maybe even unexpected, you know, just surprise. They're not even trying mm-hmm. having a kid. And now I'm envious of that. I don't feel like they deserve that child, right? I feel like I do. And but but the point, the the point of unforgiveness and anger is not toward that person or even toward me, it's toward God. And so and in in a and this is what I'm gonna sound weird, but I need to quote unquote forgive God. And what I'm really saying in that is, God, I'm angry at you. Forgive me for being angry at you. But I'm acknowledging I have been. Um and so that's what with unforgiveness, it's either toward others, toward self, or even it's a sense of blaming God. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think in 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 dealing with envy, that's what I'm saying. It can get like we've hit on kind of light kind of topic stuff, but it can get to that kind of thing. Murdering people is pretty light. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, you keep bringing up murdering people. As, you said it first. Well, okay, yeah. I said, what is envy at the beginning of the episode? Yeah. And you said, murder, murder people it. for their stuff. I, I don't know if I said... Roll it back. <laughs> <laughs> then I think I said there's a spirit of murder behind it. <laughs> I don't think I said murder people for their stuff. Pretty sure that's just how you interpreted it. All right, fine. Yeah, fine, whatever. Is yeah. that it? That's that's it, man. All right, that's envy. It. That's it on envy. Seven deadly sins. That's a wrap. Done. On to other different things. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. Cool. Yeah, man. All right, let's do this again, shall we? You got it. <gasps> like and subscribe at Facebook and Instagram at when I hurt. Wait, no. Let me start over. I messed that up. <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast and on X, previously known as Twitter, and locals at When I Heard This. Like and please do, if you could, subscribe to our YouTube and or Rumble channel where you can find all the entire catalog of episodes, clips, and shorts and so that you never miss an episode, share, follow, comment, download. I said follow already. What's the list part? Oh, yeah. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinson, And you can follow Joseph on Instagram at RevJoT. Those things don't matter. Bye. <laughs> you have to say bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>